0: This is Race Talk School Talk, a podcast about race and racism, and my name is Dr. Chad James Galloway. Today, I'm going to spend a bit of time talking about Palestine. And uh, it's, it's of course, been a while since I've done a podcast, busy, busy semester, but um, decided to hop back into it, wanted to hop back into it, meaning to hop back into it, and so, um, you know, that's the reason why I'm here today. And so um, if you have lived under a rock uh, or just don't know or don't have an understanding of what's been happening in Palestine uh, in the Middle East for or since October 7th, um, 2023, I would suggest that you spend some time to kind of dig in and look up What's been happening in Palestine? Uh, and the, the, the bigger piece here for me is that, like, I don't plan on covering uh, the attacks from uh, Hamas uh, on Israel or um, uh, of people of Israeli descent. Uh, I, I, that's not my work. That's not my job. But um, there have been issues that have kind of intersected in terms of uh, talking about Palestine, the issue of Palestine and uh, higher education. Uh, The issue of Palestine and race and higher education and and probably K-12 education to a certain extent, but definitely in terms of higher education. And so uh, for the past couple of weeks, and and again, uh, this podcast is meant to be a stream of consciousness. So if I mispronounce something or if I misspeak or or uh, am unable to clarify something, I definitely greatly uh, apologize as that's not my intent. And I definitely want to treat this topic as carefully as possible uh, because I know there are a lot of people that care about it. I know there are a lot of people that are impacted by it. I will share my own experiences in terms of how I got, uh, I guess, my own introduction into this uh not topic but this issue this very very important issue and uh, again kind of detail what the heck's been happening uh and and and, and really one of the reasons why I decided to, to hop back on the mic uh, for whoever might be listening and so when I was at the University of Michigan I've talked about this before on the podcast I have uh, had the experience of joining the program on intergroup relations and doing race dialogues and gender dialogues as a facilitator. there's one dialogue that I could not facilitate um, which was the Arab Palestinian conflict and I couldn't facilitate this dialogue because I'm not of any of the identities I am not um, I'm not Jewish a Jewish the Jew, the Jewish the sorry I think I misspoke the, the Jewish, um, Arab conflict uh, dialogue. And so uh, this is a course where you have a, a Jewish facilitator, an Arab facilitator, um, and you would have half students of, of um, Jewish ethnicity, and you would have a number of Arab students, half of Arab students, definitely some from Palestine more than likely, and they would get into the course get into the class and talk about the conflict talk about issues that they have experienced and so um I was never ever able to take it because obviously I'm I'm a I'm a black man if you don't know and um I don't have those identities and if you don't have those identities you're not able to participate in the dialogues at the University of Michigan model and so uh Even though I wasn't able to take the dialogue, the number of facilitators, of course, were Jewish, Arab, um, from from Syria, from from Jordan, um, all over uh, the, the region and had close ties to the region. And so these were the homies. These were the homies. These were the friends. These were the people that, for lack of a better word, I was in the trenches with term. I was in the trenches with them doing dialogue work at the University of Michigan's campus. And so I, I, I began to read up on the issue. I began to talk with them about the issue. I began to learn about the issue. Um, and, and we were all in our different places and spaces and, and socializations at the time. But there, there was a period of learning and of, uh, of conversation that, that happened and that needed to happen and that had to happen. And I can't say, for, for example, again, the, the, the context of what happened in those dialogues. But what I learned from both sides, right, from both sets of students is that there was an issue of major, major oppression happening in terms of the Palestinian people, that there was an issue regarding um, ethnic cleansing that started in 1948 with the Nakba, which was supported by, um, you know, Western Europe, the United States, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, where uh, Israeli soldiers or Jewish soldiers were able to displace Palestinian people from their homes, kick them out, cut down olive trees, burn property. Murder, kill people. Right. Like all sorts of harmful, harmful, negative actions and essentially form the state of Israel. And so, again, I I don't mean to um, give a, a history. There are tons of Palestinian scholars who provide this history. Um, or People who are well-versed in it, one of them being Zachary Foster, uh, who is a historian of Palestine. Uh, you can obviously look him up uh, if you have access to Twitter, phenomenal Twitter account. He, he, he goes through a number of threads that talk about the history of Palestinians in terms of their nonviolent resistance, um, a history of Hamas, which has been a hot topic, which originally started as, as not a terrorist organization, uh, a history of, of, of Israel's ethnic cleansing, which is important to understand, a history of Israel's wars on Gaza, a history of Gaza, and a history of Israelia, Israel's use of disproportionate force on Palestinian peoples. And so, again, all all of this context is important. And, and so I'm not going to cover those things. because I, I really believe that there's enough news and, and propaganda and information out there for people to go look up and decide. I only hope and ask that you try to find the people that are um, trying to get as close to telling the full story as possible. I, I, I'm not a believer in. Uh, An objective truth. I don't think truth is objective. I don't believe CNN is objective. I don't believe MSNBC is objective. I don't believe Fox News is objective um, or or any media for that standpoint. But there are people out there that are trying to tell the stories of the ones that are experiencing it, that have experienced it. and, and, And the same should be done. On the uh, Jewish and Israeli side, as there are people out there um, doing the same things. One of uh, the homies, one of the homies that I'm super, super proud of is uh, Yona, Yona Lieberman. And uh, again, he was an IGR facilitator. And we had our own, you know, disputes and debates about everything, of course. But um, he's been doing a lot of work with the If Not Now org, um, which focuses on a two-state solution in Palestine. And so, again, there are a number of people who are on both sides of this issue that are doing good work, that are trying to have these conversations. And I uh, would just suggest that you – hopefully whoever listens to this does the work to to kind of read into what these groups and organizations and individuals are are seeking to do how they're doing it and what they're actually putting out there into the world because it is very important so recently um around this issue and of course you know there's been uh pro-Israel protests on college campuses. There have been pro-Palestine con- uh, protests on college campuses. I'm not going to get into uh, the whole, oh, it's a pro-Hamas thing. That's a, a racist and white supremacist narrative and trope um, in, in the U.S. And, and so the, the people that have said those things or have driven those narratives are trying to uh, push a, a certain propaganda on those who are protesting for peace who are protesting against the genocide of the palestinian people which has happened for decades now and so one of the things that have cut that's came out of this struggle is in fact harm of palestinian students and of course this is not really being talked about a lot at least in my context and understanding within within the United States, maybe elsewhere in the world, it is, but not where I'm located at. But there were there were three Palestinian students who were traveling. Their uh, their their higher education students. Um, let me see if I can find their their names really quickly. Uh, so the first student is, and I apologize if I'm not pronouncing this correctly, but I'm going to do my best. Is Hisham. Awar Tani, a student at Brown University, Kenan Abdal Ahamid, a student at Haverford College in Pennsylvania, and Tashin Ali Ahmad, a student at Trinity College in Connecticut. And so these students were... they were traveling, they were traveling, right? They, they, they were probably on break for the, uh, white supremacist colonialist holiday that is Thanksgiving. Um, and, uh, they were probably just taking a trip, right? Which most college students do during breaks. And so all three of them had on the, uh, Kefia, uh, and that is a, uh, a scarf and on that scarf, if you don't know, and again, I'm not going to go too deep into it because I think there are much, much better people out there that can do this. Uh, on that scarf, you'll see uh, a fishnet, you'll see sea waves, and you'll see kind of like this, this, these bold uh, stripes, right, which represent um, trade routes, right? Palestine historically has been a space uh, where, uh, or, or a space of crossroads, right, a space where diverse cultural groups meet have to get through, um, especially when we're talking about products, items. And so it's a very, very important area uh, and and these are represented on the on the cloth. And so these three students were traveling and they were shot by a white man in Vermont. And the reason why, I wanted to talk about this is is not because of the issue that has happened itself, which is terrible, which is harmful, which is horrible, which is an act in my mind of white supremacy, of white supremacist terrorism, of anti-Palestinian bigotry. But in my mind, one of the the pieces that really, really bothered me was the trinity college office of the president and i don't i'm not big on like oh who, this is the president and da, 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 da I, I don't really care about that but what i do care about is the language that was used in the statement that was sent out via email and the language eventually was changed in another statement that was put out on twitter the first statement talked about and i quote We are heartbroken to receive word last night that Tashin Ali Ahmad, a Trinity College student, was one of the three victims of gun violence in Burlington, Vermont, yesterday evening. Tashin was visiting friends in Vermont with two other Palestinian students who are also studying in the U.S. When they were shot at this moment. Not much more is known. A member of the Trinity Life staff went to Vermont early this morning to provide support and reports that Tashin wants the Trinity community to know that he is in stable condition at an area hospital and he is aware this message is being released. The police investigation is ongoing and we will be sure to provide more information uh, as as appropriate when it becomes available. At this moment, please keep Tashin and his friends in your heart. Now, and that uh, again, this is for uh, Tashin, uh, who was a student at uh, Trinity College. And so, in reading this statement, in my mind, the, f- the first thing that I'm thinking of is wow, they didn't say anything about anti. Uh, Palestinian hate being unacceptable they didn't say anything about how this is not an appropriate reaction for students who are peacefully protesting they didn't make any statement whatsoever that hatred is wrong that it is unacceptable for students to be treated in this light and that's my problem with this statement right uh the second statement released by this office says and i quote we remain shocked and saddened by this news this weekend of the shooting in burlington vermont of three students of palestinian descent including our own tasim ali ahmad this morning we learned that a suspect has been arrested while the situation in burlington continues to be investigated I ask that we all recognize that hate motivated violence is wrong. It is our duty to continue to respect one another, to engage in civil discourse and thoughtful dialogue, to seek peaceful resolutions when they can be reached and to use what we, and, excuse me, and to use what we learn from this moment to shape our world and our interactions with others. That statement should have been the first one. Right. For me, in my mind, and, and this is what I want people who listen to this podcast to understand, um, higher education professionals to understand. Right. Is. The students are what makes our higher education institutions without them, we don't have jobs, we, we don't have anything, they're, they're just empty buildings, they're just spaces of, of land that could be easily be bulldozed and replaced. The students are the ones that make up the environment. And so for me personally, to read a first statement after a student has been shot, after a student has been shot away from his family and friends, after he has seen and witnessed the decimation of his people and his homeland, to not include a statement around hate, racism, bigotry is problematic to say the least it is against any Dei statement that might be on the website and it it shows a 110 percent lack of care and so for me personally I'm bothered by it I'm frustrated by it because there's a young man along with his friends who are laid up in a hospital bed and their school can't even say the school that, Um, that somebody pays money to maybe they pay money to it maybe someone else pays money to whoever whoever, however they are, are are funding their education their school cannot even say that a hate motivated attack should not have happened in the very first release and that is a problem for me now I get that Higher education is a business, right? Some of you may think that it's it's not, some of you may have the understanding that higher education is is about diversity and equity and inclusion, but I think in other episodes I've I've covered the foundations of higher education and 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 so I won't detail them here. But it's a business, right? Without the students who are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in tuition over their time, the business of these institutions do not exist. And in this moment, We've seen institutions put out full task force, and rightfully so, full task force to support Jewish students who feel unsafe and uncomfortable. I can respect that. I have no problem with that, right? However, what I do have an issue with, if these institutions are these institutions who are not even capable of issuing a statement, not even talking about the protection we have. Students at Harvard who, um, who have been doxxed, who have been facing a number of issues because of 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 of, of being on the pro Palestinian side. We've seen uh, a number of graduate students and undergraduate students lose job opportunities. Right, but we have a real life opportunity and example here of someone who has been harmed as a result of white supremacist bigotry. And the institution cannot even make a statement that names hatred or bigotry, racism, white supremacy, or push back against genocide or the genocidal actions in any way, shape, or form. And so I've been reflecting on this uh, for a couple days now, I've been deeply, deeply saddened and frustrated by this, and and I feel for the young men. I, I've never been um uh, physically uh shot or attacked in that in that way, and so I can't imagine what they're feeling as they also have to wrestle with what's happening at home for them. But I believe that these institutions should be held accountable and should actually be better should actually be able to stand and say hey you shouldn't do this you shouldn't spew hatred we shouldn't support genocide we can have peaceful protests right there was a um you know decades ago decades ago uh there there and this is located in the book the campus color line by eddie cole it's one of the best higher education books you can ever read and there's a, a faculty, there's a, a chapter in there where there's a president at Princeton and he's trying to figure out, well, we got this issue of desegregation, racial desegregation happening, and how the heck are we going to figure out how to get uh, students to exist peacefully on campus? And so the, the president, and I can't remember his name right now, he brought Malcolm X, he brought a number of people within various black liberation movements, including the civil rights movements, and then he also brought people who are, who are on the conservative side who were against the the uh, the against desegregation, right? And so my point here is that it is possible for multiple voices to exist on these campuses. It is possible for college presidents or opposite of the presidents or institutions to actually take a, a stand. I think if more people dug into the, the real history of higher education, they would see at least gesturing of what, Some presidents and administrators have done historically to push back and to talk about issues, but it is wrong to not even name hatred in your statement. It is wrong to not name bigotry. It is wrong to not say that this was anti-Palestinian hate. For me personally, I would hope these institutions will be better about standing out and stepping out against genocide. But that hasn't been the case. And so because of that, we have to continue to show and 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 raise no bring noise, raise questions, ask questions about why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you saying this? What what's the what's the issue here that would make you Be silent. And so, you know, the 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 thing is. There there is an institution that has done a decent job or a, a reasonably decent job, right, of of trying to respond to this horrific, horrific incident. That would be the University of Vermont in Burlington, Vermont. And what they say After the the shooting on November 27th, the hate crime is dear students, faculty and staff and, and quote in the wake of last weekend's shooting off campus near University of Vermont. I am writing to update and inform you about measures in place to keep the campus as safe as possible for all of our students, faculty and staff. University leaders are particularly aware that our Arab, Muslim, and Palestinian community members feel specifically targeted at this time. There is no room for hate at the University of Vermont. And we ask everyone to come together in helping to keep our campus conducive to the learning, working, and recreation that, hallmarks of the, that are hallmarks of the UVM experience. So, end quote. I'm not going to read the, the rest of it because it's a little lengthy, but the point here is that they actually said, hey, and, and, and the students who were injured, who were harmed, um, they they didn't attend the campus. They did, The University of Vermont didn't have to say anything at all whatsoever. They chose to. This was a, a choice that they made. But in doing so, they're calling out and stating why hatred, why acts of violence based on race, even religion, is wrong. And they're supporting their community environment. Um, I I don't have the statements from uh, the other institutions uh, that uh, the, the other two students were harmed from, but I have seen recently a, a protest that that uh, that was posted on Twitter uh, that happened with the the president of Brown University while she was giving her, her remarks for uh, uh, that that was a that was a visual for uh, the students who were injured. Not only the students who um, for all three of the students, but the particular student who who was from Brown University, and even that was interesting to watch, to say the least. Uh, there, were, there were student protesters who showed up during the remarks, um, at, as we've seen throughout the last couple of weeks, uh, almost two months now, uh, with with red paint on their hands, signifying blood with their hands up, of course, uh, stating free Palestine, stating to divest uh, from Israel, uh, meaning... Uh, to pull funds from the institution, whatever funds that may be wrapped up or tied to uh, donors who are supporting uh, donors or companies or organizations um, that may be uh, tied to the issue in Palestine, to divest from them, to divest. This is something that has happened on a bunch of campuses, definitely during my time at the University of Michigan and since then. And they were loud and they were not going to go away. And again... In terms of the response from President Christine Paxson, I found very troubling and interesting, especially when we're talking about the issue of of race, especially when we're talking about the issue of race in higher education, on higher education campuses, particularly at an institution that, again, has done its fair share of, violence to exist as it has, right? As I would say most IVs have done, um, and even private institutions for that that way, and even public ones, public state institutions, right? So uh, during the, the visual, she gets frustrated. She steps back, she pauses during her, her comments, and the students are, are just going, they're going, they're going, they're saying what they have to say, they're, 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 they're chanting. And she says, is this how you want to honor your friend? And for some of you, right, that, you know, they might be like, oh, well, what's wrong with that? She's trying to give a speech at this vigil. And, you know, but for me, what's wrong with it is that I don't think it's ever OK to try and stand at a microphone and overtalk the students or to overtalk the people who you are. Seeking to serve who you should be serving as a campus leader. And she goes on to say, well, you know, I had said at an earlier meeting last month that everyone should be able to protest and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, "Okay, cool. But at the end of the day, how you talk about students and how you talk over students kind of shows a little bit what you might think about them and how silenced they may feel at that particular institution, given all of the support or lack of support they have been experiencing by the administration, by faculty members, and maybe even people within um, their own uh, community, student, the students, uh, the student community. And so it's, again, something to think about, something to ponder, right? I don't ever think that, uh, well, I think that we are capable of being on the right side of history and being on the wrong side of history. And unfortunately, I think a lot of higher education institutions are going to be on the wrong side of history, as they have been historically. And of course, they'll, you know, put out a statement about eventually about how they were wrong, right? Or about how they may have contributed to um, oppression of other people. But I hope that critical folks, critical students, grad students, undergraduate students, faculty members, uh, administrators, whoever, and and even people of the community's uh, alumni, definitely the alumni base, I hope that they continue to hold their feet to the fire in terms of their support regarding genocide. Genocide, under any conditions, is never okay. It's never okay. And how we support our students wrestle with such emotional topics, topics that are triggering, topics that are... Um, you know, that, that are, that are sad topics that are depressing topics that don't bring a lot of joy is important. So Hashan Awartani, one of the Palestinian students who was shot, released a statement, and I'm going to close with this statement. He says, it's important to recognize that this is part of a larger story. This hideous crime did not happen in a vacuum. As much as I appreciate and love every single one of you here today, I am but one casualty in this wider conflict. Had I been shot in the West Bank where I grew up, the medical service that saved my life here, would likely have been withheld by the Israeli army. The soldier who shot me would go home and never be convicted. I understand that the pain is so much more real and immediate because many of you know me, but any attack like this is horrific, be it here or in Palestine. This is why when you say your wishes and light your candles today, your mind should not just be focused on me as an individual, but rather as a proud member of a people being oppressed. This is Race Talk School Talk, the podcast by Chadrick, by Dr. Chadrick, James Galloway. Peace.